0: If I look a little tired today, if I appear slightly bleary-eyed as I stand before you this morning, it's because I got home quite late last night. Don't worry, I wasn't doing anything bad. (laughs) It was Saturday evening at the Steubenville East High School Youth Conference in Attleboro at La Salette Shrine. And that means I didn't leave for home, I didn't leave Attleboro to come back to Westerly until a little after 10.30 p.m., which at my age is normally the time that I am going to bed. As most of you know, I go through this routine every summer. I have now for many years actually lost track. Why? Why? Why do I go back and forth to Attleboro, not just once, but twice on Steubenville weekend in July, in between all of my other parish duties, like celebrating three Sunday Masses? Why do I sit for extended periods of time in a big, dusty tent under the hot summer sun, or mostly it's under the hot summer sun, this year it was just in the oppressive humidity Why do I do that for hours on end in the midst of 2,000 noisy, excited teenagers? Why do I listen to their confessions for two or more hours at a clip? Have I lost my mind? Maybe. (laughs) But that's another story. The truth is, I do all of this because I am a priest. And because I'm a priest, I'm a shepherd. A spiritual shepherd. A shepherd of souls. Consequently, this is exactly what I'm supposed to do. As one ex-army colonel said to me after the 8.30 Mass, it's your duty. I said, you're right. A spiritual shepherd, just like an earthly one, Guides and leads his sheep. In this case, even his teenage sheep. And believe me, there are many today who aren't interested in doing that. Even some among the clergy want nothing to do with teenagers. They don't want to deal with them. Well, I can't be like that. They need their priest. They need their shepherd. A good spiritual shepherd watches over his sheep He feeds his sheep. He disciplines his sheep when necessary. And he helps them to navigate through the dangers that surround them, the wolves. And for our teenagers today, there are lots of wolves out there. That is to say, a spiritual shepherd should make every effort to live in imitation of the divine shepherd of Psalm 23. The psalm that we heard in our responsorial psalm today. There, the psalmist, who considers himself to be a sheep, writes this. In verdant pastures, he, the divine shepherd, gives me repose. Beside restful waters, he leads me. He refreshes my soul. He guides me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk in the dark valley, I fear no evil, for you are at my side with your rod and your staff that give me courage. Jesus, as we all know, called himself a shepherd, specifically the Good Shepherd. He did that in John chapter 10. But you know what I came to realize as I reflected on the gospel we just heard today, as I reflected on it earlier this week? I came to realize Jesus didn't just talk about being a shepherd. Apparently, he also thought about it a lot. This was an image that dominated his consciousness. Look at that Gospel reading. There it says that when Jesus saw the vast crowd in front of him, his heart, and here I quote, was moved with pity for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. With his bodily eyes, Jesus looked out that day and saw human beings in front of him, obviously. But with his mind's eye, what did he see? He saw sheep, sheep who were desperately in need of a shepherd to guide them. And so St. Mark tells us, he began to teach them many things. And that's significant because it's pretty clear from the context, Jesus was tired. So were his disciples. But he was also fatigued from what he had been doing, from all the ministry he had been engaged in. And yet he went that extra mile for his sheep and taught them the gospel. So why shouldn't I go an extra few miles back and forth to Attleboro, Massachusetts on Steubenville weekend each year for the sake of my sheep? Not every shepherd, of course, is a good one who strives to live in imitation of the divine shepherd. In today's first reading, for example, the Lord berates the religious leaders at the time of the prophet Jeremiah. He says, Woe to the shepherds who mislead and scatter the flock of my pasture. And then he speaks directly to the shepherds. He says, You have scattered my sheep and driven them away. You have not cared for them. This is an important text for every priest to hear, especially those nowadays who preach their own ideas from the pulpit and not the teachings of the church and there are plenty out there who do that. Not to make excuses for them, but perhaps these bad shepherds at the time of the prophet Jeremiah didn't have good examples, didn't have good role models to emulate. That could have been the case. Maybe that was their problem. After all, doctors learn how to be doctors from other doctors. Carpenters learn how to be carpenters from other carpenters. And shepherds learn how to be shepherds from other shepherds. Consequently, it's extremely important that the ones who are teaching, the teaching shepherds, be good ones. You know what this means? This means that personally, I don't have any excuses. I don't have any excuses for being a bad shepherd. I say that because I was surrounded when I was growing up by all the priests you don't hear about on the news. I was blessed to be surrounded in my formative years with incredibly good priests. One of whom you know because he's here a lot, Father Francis J. Judice from Westerly. I first met Father Judice when he was the young assistant at Holy Angels in Barrington back in the early 1960s. I was about five years old. He was about 35. But you know what? The man has not really changed that much in all these years, except for gray hair and aching bones and the other consequences of age, he really hasn't changed. Even now, in his late 70s, he is still energetic. He still loves being a priest. He still understands the dignity and the power and the importance of priestly ministry. Now technically he's retired, put retired there in quotes because I'm not sure exactly what retired means for a priest. Most of the time it means you just don't have the administration to worry about anymore. You just do other things. But some guys do slack off in their retirement. Not Father Judy's. Even though he's retired, he helps out not only here, but also at a parish in Providence, and sometimes in other places. Like this morning, he wasn't able to do the seven for me because he had to go help out in Bradford. And he came in, let me tell you, Richie said this yesterday, he was complaining his knee was bothering him. So he came in, I happened to be at the rectory in between the masses, came in from saying mass at St. Vincent's, and he said, oh yeah, my knee, my knee's bothering me. He said, wow, he said, it's usually this one. He said, now it's this one. But you know what? Smile on his face, loves being a priest, not complaining about what he had to do this morning. The guy's a warrior. That's one of the reasons I love him so much. He's a warrior for the Lord. And he not only says Masses in a lot of places, he also volunteers two days a week to take the place of the hospital chaplain at Kent County Hospital. And then he does all kinds of things to raise money for the poor of Haiti. He loves the poor. has a great heart for them. And then in between all of that, he does things like run our dinner down here, our Elm Street School reunion dinner. Believe me, most people half of his age would have trouble keeping up with him. And his life is still centered on the Eucharist, which it should be. That should be the center of the life of every Catholic, especially though a priest. His life is centered in the sacraments. His life is rooted in personal prayer. And I know that for a fact because so often I will knock on his door when he's here at St. Pius and where will I find him sitting in the chair praying his breviary. If he's hearing confessions here as he was the other the other day and I happened to come in on him and there was nobody in confession at the time there he was with the breviary again. Without a doubt Father Francis J. Judith has been a good shepherd to many sheep like yourselves. But he has also been An incredible example, an unbelievable role model to many younger shepherds, like me. You see, to him, the priesthood is not a job. Every once in a while I hear people say that. Oh, the priesthood, that's your job. No, the priesthood is not a job. Any more than being married is a job. Although being married may sometimes feel like work, I know. At least that's what married people tell me. You know and I know it's much more than that. Marriage is a vocation. And so is the priesthood. It's my prayer today that the Lord will inspire many more young men, even here in our local community where we've been blessed with a lot of vocations. But it's my prayer that even here, the Lord will inspire many more to become priests, shepherds, in the future. And may he pour forth his great blessings upon all those who are already serving him in the priesthood, so that they will take their vocations seriously and always be good shepherds, like Father Judith.